Good morning. It's Friday, May 15th. We're reading through the Bible, giving you a quick forecast of where we're going to be. We're going to be in 2 Kings. We're going to be reading chapters 12 through 14. We're going to see Joash, or Jehoiash is his longer name. And the reason that we call him Joash is because there's confusion if we're not careful, because later we have in the northern kingdom uh, another Jehoash. So this is, we call him Joash, and he's mentioned that way both ways in our reading. But 2 Kings chapter 12, uh, remember he was raised in the temple hidden away, and he uh, maintains the Davidic line in the southern kingdom. Well, he raises funds to fix up the temple, which to me is a little bit of a humorous thing because that's where he grew up, um, at least those early years of his life. And of course, he's still rather young at this point, but he raises the money to rebuild the temple. No one knew it better than him and the priests. And uh, sadly, at the end of chapter 12, he's assassinated by his servants. But we see some highlights of uh, Joash's reign. And then in the north in chapter 12, remember switching back and forth from the northern tribes to the southern tribes, the northern tribes, Jehoaz is the king and he's an idolater. Uh, he prays in his desperation and God in his grace, as we often see, even sometimes these rebels cry out to God and God is gracious. And that takes place in chapter 13. Also at the end of chapter 13, we see the death of Elisha and long ministry, lots of miracles attributed to him. Interesting uh, things that he did in advising the kings and confronting so many. In chapter 14, the focus switches back to the south in Judah. And we see the success of uh, Amaziah, who is uh, fighting against Edom, and he has great success. And unfortunately, he's filled with pride. And in his pride, it becomes his downfall. He basically uh, puffs his uh, chest out and uh, ends up having a... Uh, a great downfall in chapter 14, as is often the case. So a couple more switching back and forth to the north in the end of chapter 14. So a bit confusing, but keep track of the fact that we're dealing with whenever we say Israel, we're talking about the northern kings, we're talking about Judah, we're talking about the southern kingdom, and that's a distinction we have to keep in view. We won't have that problem uh, after chapter 15. Um, I'm sorry, chapter 17, and we won't have the problem in the book of Chronicles in keeping those things straight. All right, we are in the bottom of chapter 5 in John. Jesus, interestingly, tells us that he is calling the dead now to live, which again is a reminder of the way that he uses life and death as metaphors of being rightly related to God or being alienated from God. And he says he's calling now the dead to live, which is a sign of your conversion, I trust, as you respond rightly to the gospel. That is God bringing you to life. And he talks about his own uh, signs. There's some great things here in John chapter 5 regarding his authority, regarding Scripture. It's really Christ's apologetic of his own ministry. Our community imperative today that I'd like us to think about continues on in Philippians chapter 2. In verses 14 and 15, after this great section about Christ's incarnation, he says you are to do all things, Philippians 2.14, without grumbling or disputing, so that you can be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. The contrast there of like a flashlight in a dark room, uh, like a campfire in a dark hillside, that should be the Christian life in this passage based on the fact that we do not complain about each other. We do all the things that God asks us to do. We love Him and we love each other without grumbling or complaining. So simply put today, our community imperative is don't complain about others. That would be your goal today to say, I'm going to make this a focused practice. I'm going to bite my lip if I find myself tempted to grumble or complain about those in the body of Christ. Of course, it includes more than that. But since we're looking at the community imperatives, and clearly that was in, 
included in this statement in Philippians 2.14. I want you to think about it today and keep that in view as you move throughout your day. So a lot of interest in the kings, in 2 Kings, and then, of course, a reminder of Christ's greatness and why we trust him and Jesus defends his own messiahship. And then I want you to focus today on being sure that you refrain from complaining. That's a hard thing to do, but God can give us victory over that as we trust in him. So tomorrow we're back as we continue through our reading of the Old and New Testament, and we'll see you then. Be sure to subscribe.